What's a plumber's least favorite vegetable? A plumber's least favorite vegetable? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Is it a leek? It's a leek. Yeah! <laughs> I finally got one! Woo! <laughs> There's a leek in the boat! <laughs> ah! Yes, that's one of my favorite parts of any cartoon movie ever. <laughs> I love it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Contagious Curiosity with Cat and Lainey. I'm Lainey. And I'm Cat. And today is going to be a nice, relaxing, just good times, breezy episode. Yeah, we, uh, we're keeping on that lighthearted train, at least for this week as well. Uh, we decided to cover the topic of idioms this week, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty excited about. Me too. I know. I've been looking forward to this for actually a while because they're, I can't remember which idiom it was that I found out the origin about not too long ago. And I was just like, I need to know more because I didn't, it was something so out far out in left field that I wasn't expecting. So it's really, it's been fun to learn. Yeah. And it's funny too, because as I was going through and, and looking up some of these, I was just realizing how many I use on a constant basis. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it's like, I, I assume most people do, we, you know, assume what the origin story must have been and what makes most sense. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense or like, I did. <laughs> it makes sense once you know what the actual origin story is, but without any hint towards it, you wouldn't have made that leap on your own. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, and this week for beverages, um, I myself am drinking a scotch on the rocks, and if anybody is curious to know, the phrasing that you can trace back to on the rocks goes back to ancient Scotland, uh, the great-grandfather and inventor of whiskey. In the days before ice cubes and freezers were even thought of, the story goes that a savvy Scotsman could chill his whiskey with cold rocks from the river. These days, of course, many folks drink whiskey with just an ice cube or two. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know that. that yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah, that's why I went with my on the rocks. I kept that one from you. Nice, nice. I um I made a martini that I am dubbing the wet wet your whistle martini, and <laughs> it is um it's gin, a little bit of fresh squeezed lemonade with honey and simple syrup, and then I topped it off with a little bit of butterfly pea tea. So it's a nice light purple lavender color, and it's just it's delicious. Can barely taste the alcohol. I really so do like that butterfly pea tea stuff. Mm-hmm. butterfly pea yeah i've been putting it in everything making a simple syrup out of it is um is the best way i've i've found that i can use like a good quantity of it relatively quickly yeah i can see that yeah it's good and you know i i gotta say though with doing this um this topic what i love so much about doing this podcast with you is that because they're aren't really any rules we can carve out this little space in the ethos for our friendship to exist and for you know just for it to come out naturally the way it is and because of that you know if people want to join us on our ride for this podcast or hitch along they automatically just kind of get welcomed into the fold as one of our best friends because we just we don't have to go through that song and dance of getting people used to us at all yeah and we can just (laughs) talk about things that we actually have 
you know, interested in I mean, if you're here, you want to be. And ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my my sister-in-law and I actually have um, a, like a running joke about why it's so difficult to make friends when you're an adult. And because I, we were talking about it and I said something along the lines of you can't, you can't start off with pimple popping videos because as you know, I, I love pimple popping videos and I, I just love extraction videos. And sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't want to just introduce yourself as like, hi, I'm Lainey. I watch pimple popping videos. Will you be my best friend at the bar? You know, people don't really respond to that very well. I don't know <laughs> about that. Say that. I call it not wasting your time. Because if somebody were to respond exactly, that's what I'm pos- saying. like like positively to that. Yeah. If they were to respond well, that's what I'm saying. If you were to present yourself as, Hey, I'm Lainey, I like pimple popping videos, you're really just cutting out all the fluff of somebody who doesn't want to be there and nobody has time for that. We want people who wanna be here. <laughs> in regards exactly. to you know that, yeah social social aspects in in our personal lives like uh, but that's yeah. why it's difficult because like not a whole lot of people respond well to that not a whole lot of them it's funny that of course you say there are that. some but you're not going to find very many that are like oh i'm into that like thank you it's f- i'm all like i don't know there's something just i i don't want to go through the process of just the whole getting people used to my personal brand of ridiculousness that I am, the pushiness that I mm. let out. I don't want to spend the time of getting people used to that and like slowballing them into <laughs> into it. I just want to be myself and I don't I don't know. I'm over trying to make myself more presentable to other people. It's something that, that happens as we get older. We just get a little bit more tired and fed up with things a lot quicker than we used to. We deal with things at a quicker pace. And that in- mm. that includes our comfort and what we want around us. But that's kind of, like, it's one of the best parts, in my opinion, of doing this podcast with you is that we don't have to, we can welcome people into our friendship just right off the bat of who we are naturally as friends. They're coming into a friendship that's going on, like, 20 years. Yeah. So we're already, you're welcomed into our inside jokes and into, you know, us being just naturally who we are without too many filters or anything and I into the like fold if happy. you will another idiom yes folding you into the cheese yes just folding the cheese yeah but also on the other side of the coin <laughs> see what i did there uh I on the other side of the coin meaning the opposite aspect or contrasting arguments of course uh it's also important to have opposing points of view and um we ha- we have that tendency as well, but also that's also where you come in too as an audience to let us know. Um, oh yeah, your own perspectives, even if they're not necessarily on the same wavelength or page as us. Exactly. That being said, I obviously want people to enjoy the show, and I want them to watch. She obviously does not it. want anybody here, and n- no. nobody can enjoy this <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, I I'm tired of it's like dating, but for friends, I'm tired of it. I don't want to. I just, I just want to have friends like with, with deep connections without having to try. <laughs> and so because of this podcast, we just get to kind of throw ourselves <laughs> out there. And people, if they like what we're putting down, they, they can stick around. <laughs> that would be nice. I would like for some of you guys to stick around, too. Very much Very so. Very much so. How, oh, and, but, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lainey. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like... That being said, you know, with our own ridiculous whatever, we're doing whatever we want to do. Here are some idioms. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask you how your week was. Oh, 
it was it was pretty good. Um, not too eventful. I did get to see one of my best friends. She happened to stop by through for the past two days. So that was pretty yeah. amazing. If you're listening, hi, Michaela. Hi. We love it so much. I hope that uh, is, she did, said, she, did she say that she was coming up too? Is she coming up for for the, yes. the tubing? Yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. She is coming up for the tubing. Ladies and gentlemen. So that's it gonna is going to be. A, be yeah. We should do something Woo! separate for that. We should, we should get audio clips of our friends. Um, so just a long story short, uh, Lainey and I share the same birthday month. Um, next month, um, we are deciding to float down the river closest to where we grew up. And we're having friends come in from other states. Of course, Lainey's coming home. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to be home in Maine. Um, and we're, we, so far, we have a collection of like a little over a dozen folks. And for any of you guys oh, who it, have ever gone closer, tubing down the river. It's closer to 18. Is it? Oh, it's going to be, be such a, a good yeah. time. It's gonna be a time. <laughs> so the so way excited. that we, the way that we My- do things around here is is pretty intense too because we all have our own each individual floaty. Some of them can be super super comfortable and very practical. Others are goofy and silly beyond recognition, and we Others usually tie them together. Inflatable boats. I mean, inflatable mattresses. Yes, float mattresses. Yes, and then we, you know, Perfect. we have our we have our drink coolers, our food coolers. Everybody, you know, brings a little something, and then we, uh, you know, usually in the beginning we strap it all together and we start to make our way down the river, and then at some point, you know, we disconnect and we all just kind of have fun. You know, we pull off to the side, you know, go to the bathroom, do what you need to do, have a couple bites to eat, and then get back out there. And um, near the end, right before it turns into a dam, we end up getting off, and boom, it was like a fantastic day. Usually goes what about six hours. Yeah, something about, yeah, about right around times. that time. Yeah. Um, but oh, we so haven't excited. celebrated our, like, I don't I don't really celebrate my birthday, to be honest with you. Um, and we have never celebrated together. Like, we've, we've gone to festivals in the past where we kind of merged a weekend together as being our way of celebrating. But we, we never really combined anything together. And I think that this is going to be an amazingly wonderful time. There's going to be a lot of changes over yeah, the Yeah, we always celebrate month. together, but we've never celebrated like the same. Had a party together. Instance together. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, it, I never even have fun. a party. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have to get a, um, a tube. I'm, I think I'm going to go practical this year with something. Yeah, didn't you have like the big unicorn last year? <laughs> like a big unicorn <coughs> with like wings or something? <laughs> yeah, I d- was it a dragon? What did you have? You had a huge float. It was a dragon. It was a dragon. I think it's. It I think it's still in my folks' garage. It might be. Yeah, I had a giant dragon, and it was a big flat air like surface area. The only thing that did suck about it was that you kind of had to remain lying down on it. Um, mm, and so yeah. that was. Uh, I like the tube I have. Yeah, where you sit it's up just in a it. regular inner tube with a mesh mesh bottom, so you like can sit in it. And yeah, that's it what so I'm comfy. looking for. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, remember when we thought that those things were leeches on us one year? Mm-hmm. Those were uh, mosquito larvae. Even worse. I don't know. I, I don't that. know. I don't know if it's worse because it's not like they just they would just cling. To, they we went down early, just in like the same early in the season, like we're going to be doing next month. And um, I remember getting up from the river, and the river was low at this point. I remember, we had to like haul our. Oh my yeah. god, it was so low. Yeah, we almost pop. Like we were worried about popping our inner tubes because we had to go over so many rocks and like get out. Right. Yeah. Wear your water shoes. Wear your water oh, shoes. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll get a nice pair. I'll get a nice pair. Regardless, I think that oh, we should. I'm I think so that excited. we should uh, do like a video, like a video, um, 
documentary, not documentary, but a video following of us during that day, audio clips of our friends yes. so that we can pop them into our podcast here and there. And maybe that week we might not even create a podcast or we will we'll try and do two you know, the week before so that we right, can... Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We might just take the weekend off, to be completely honest with you, because it's our birthdays, and we can do whatever we want. Oh, we could take the weekend off, but do a video, like, do a video thing instead. I don't know. I really like that idea of recording everything. We shall see. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm really excited. It's been... I, there are some people that have agreed to come onto this trip that I haven't seen in quite a long time and who have meant so much to me over different periods of my life that it's i'm just yeah it feels good it feels good i haven't i don't thanks to covid and thanks to moving and living in jersey like i just i i there are friends here that i see but i don't have a solid like core group of friends that i see on a regular basis It's, it's just my partner and i most of the time and so I got to see Michaela this weekend. I get to go to Burlington, Vermont next weekend and see one of my friends mm-hmm. who lives in Alaska most of the time. And now I get to see him because he's home for like a couple weeks on the East Coast. And then my friend Nick Lemos is going to be here. And it's just, I, uh, it's going to be like a full two months of me being around the people I love most in my life and traveling and I'm just, I couldn't be happier. Ah, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm happy to be able to share this weekend just, with you as well. Good. Yes, me too. Oh, I'm very happy. And with that being said, shall we do this? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's give us a good start here. So we didn't necessarily have a structure to how we were going to present these. Um, I think that what Lainey and I really did was pull out ones that we have used or have heard a lot in our lives and wanted to bring you um, an explanation, not an explanation, but an example and, of course, origins of where they come from. Some of these are really bizarre. And a lot of these, um, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to thanks to Britain. I don't know. A lot of mine seem to come right out of come right out of England. Brittany who? Oh, Britain, Britain, (laughs) Britney who? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, I, okay, okay, I, I did all right. Oh, all right. So you start, you start, and uh, I'll follow up. Uh, okay. All right. So the first one I have is riding shotgun, which almost everybody should know what that term means colloquially. Colloquially. I love that word. <laughs> Um, it, so it means to sit in the passenger seat of somebody's car, of course. And when it was first coined in print in 1905 by Alfred Henry Lewis in his novel, The Sunset Trail, Lewis wrote, quote, Wyatt and Morgan Earp were in service of the express company. They went often as guards, riding shotgun, it was called, when the stage bore unusual treasure. So it was a, usually somebody sitting in the passenger side of the stagecoach. There's, you know, somebody driving the horses, and then there was somebody sitting in the side with a um, a brake-action shotgun. And, yeah, it was called a coach gun, and it was to ward off bandits or potentially hostile Native Americans that they might have come across. And it still, of course, practically means basically the exact same thing, only this time a passenger is in charge of music and snacks, which is... Just as just as important, if you ask me. How soft we've gotten. What? No. Music is extremely important to the travel. If my music... Like, I... I 
I have very strict music rules in my in my car when it comes to long travel. And if it is not perfect, I am not okay. It has to be perfect. See, music I have a lot more leniency when it comes to my music. Oh, no. Mine is a science. <laughs> it is, though. It, is. it depends on the time of year, the destination, the... the uh, aura of the trip like how the general vibe is and it all depends on the playlist there are many things that go into choosing the correct music for a trip that's right on you know what i you know i i get that too that's why i usually <laughs> when i'm riding with you i let you take over you know because i've we've been friends for so long um our music overlaps in a lot of ways anyways primarily because of true. how you've made it um lanny and i share a playlist <laughs> lanny and i share a playlist uh but it's her, it's really her playlist and yeah, she has some remarkable music taste. You really, we really should. Uh, we should make a Spotify that people can share or that people can join oh, of your fun. own music. Yeah, I, I honestly think that Lainey has some of the best music taste of anybody that I've ever known, and she's always eclectic. been. You've, well, you've always been really accurate with, um, you've been able to look at me and I'm oddly picky about certain things, or I don't really give new things a lot of a chance, and she'll look right at me and be like, listen to this song. I know you're going to love it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it eventually. <laughs> and then I usually don't. And then I, all of a sudden I'll hear this song and I'm like, oh my God, I have to share it with her. And she's like, bro, I just sent you that like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you have good taste in music, don't you? <laughs> it's always, there have it's been always so many times out. where you've, you've added music onto the specific playlist you and I have been talking about, but, this playlist that I've curated that you're um, that you've joined on to is specifically 2020 and beyond. <laughs> and you'll just add music from like the early 2000s and yes. the mid 2000s. I'm like, bro, that's on the Groovin playlist. Yes. It goes over here, not on the new biz playlist. Not on the new biz playlist. <laughs> I, I completely misunderstood the concept. I'm like, well, it's new. It's new. She's She hasn't heard it. It must be new. <laughs> it's not in her playlist it's obviously new <laughs> oh it's so good i love it so yeah that's uh that's riding shotgun oh god hitting the microphone like a noob like a noob that's all right. I just also want to forewarn people uh, ahead of time that there's a massive thunderstorm happening outside my window, and I'm not sure if it's affecting my internet, but if this inter if this podcast does go to air, beware that there might be some odd audio issues. Um, if it doesn't go to air, you know, then none of this matters. But um, even right now, as I'm looking at Lainey's cam, it's going in and out, in and out, in and out, and then her voice cuts out, and then it comes back in. And so I'm just hoping that it all levels out. And uh, if it's worth still uh, posting, not every episode will be like this. But, you know, living in the middle of nowhere seems to come with its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, um, I have been hearing rumblings as well. I honestly can't tell if that's from me or from you. I'm actually checking my weather right now. Wouldn't that be remarkable but. if that many states away we were both having a thunderstorm? It says potential of rain, but in a couple hours. So I might just be hearing your... Your thunderstorm. You might be. It's, it's that is impressive because it's, it's very loud. So, which leads me actually into my idiom. So, I pulled out um, one that I really enjoyed uh, personally, which was a storm in a teacup. 
So the meaning of it is an excessive enthusiasm or rage about a minor matter. So the basic sentiment of a tempest in a teapot and a storm in a teacup seems to have originated in 52 BC in the writings of Cicero, in a phrase that translates into stirring up the billows in a ladle. So that one's been around for a long time. Actually, a lot of the idioms that I've pulled up as well have a lot have a lot of Shakespearean uh, connection. Um, but this one in particular was even used in the Bible. So um, it just really has a lot to do with making a big fuss out of nothing and creating a scene, if you will, in a, in a manner of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard that one too much. You're, cre- you're making, you're, you're creating a storm in a teacup, you know, just unnecessary. Uh, no, un- un- yeah. I know. I love it though. So, um, but yeah, it was used in the Bible. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's see. Okay. The next one I have is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I honestly haven't heard this one before either. I had never heard anybody use this term before. Um, but allegedly, it comes from a time when the household bathed when the household bathed in the same water. So it would first start out with the lord or the man of the house would bathe, and then um, then the men underneath him would bathe, and then the lady, and then the women who worked as like servants, and then the children, and then the very at the very last, the babies would be bathed. So obviously, this was in a house of like royalty or quite you know large status and so with all of those people bathing and then by the time we got to the baby the water was so gross and grimy and disgusting that it was said that you you know there was a potential of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because they wouldn't even see the baby in there because it was so gross you know i wonder why infant mortality rates have gone up at least Gone down. Gone down. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. Yes. I knew what I was saying too, but I I, I was. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I knew what I was saying. (laughs) I meant what I said. I know what I meant. I love seeing. Yeah, so what it means. I love seeing my laugh on my file. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seeing the spikes of just. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So, what that means modernly is it means, you know, don't. Look for an avoid. Look for avoidable errors so that you don't remove something good when you remove the bad. See so, it? Yeah. Don't throw the baby out with oh, bathwater. Okay, okay. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> okay. Well, so I actually se- separated a lot of mine um, initially, and then I have some quirky, funny ones that are separate from themselves, and uh, some more detailed origin stories for others. <clears throat> But one that I had never heard of in my life while I was uh, going through idioms, and I had um, actually, I have a reference here. I used one of the sites that I used was the idioms, which is the largest idiom dictionary. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be more grand than it was, but it did have everything that we, we use on a constant daily basis and then a few gems that were quite old. So really the ones that I wanted. Nice that were a little bit more vintage, that were a little bit more old, I had to kind of go to a separate place of the internet for, um, and also reference uh, people that I knew. Um, and this was one of the ones I had to dig into. Um, oh, because you- when I saw the phrase, I had never heard it before, and then thought to myself, how wonderful it would be to actually have to use this. Um, between the devil and the deep blue sea. So normally it's used Ooh. to, uh, 
kind of descript uh, between two equally difficult or unacceptable choices. So when you have to choose one or the other. Um, and in my section mm -hmm. here, I had a couple that were under the topic of choosing. So the expression um, has existed at least in, since the 1600s. It doesn't have to do with the devil out of the Bible or it seemed to be around any ship or hull near water necessarily. Oh, sorry, but to, uh, see, but to a seam around a ship's hull or near the water. When a sailor attempted to cock the seam in the heavy seas, he was in serious danger of falling overboard and drowning. So when you had to fix something out at sea, you know, and, and you're in a position where you're going to, you're, you're most likely either going to die or you're going to live to tell a fascinating story about it. Or really, once again, if you're just fixing a ship, these were things that you had to do on a regular basis. So it was between you, the devil and the deep blue sea, you know, you were either going to fix it, get it done, get out of there, or you were going to die. Nice. All right, let's see. What do I have? Oh, when would you have, when would when would you use that? Have you thought of a a, a point in the your devil life when you would the have ever wanted or needed to use that phrase? Like when when you've been caught between two difficult choices? Oh god. Many times. There was that time when um do you remember yeah. when I was offered the job out in Washington state to go and yes. I had my own radio show in college for a little bit and the I got yes. contacted by somebody from Washington being like I want you to have your own radio show out here but you got to move out to Washington. Yeah. It was that or go to California and um or no, at that time it was that or move back to Maine with a terrible life decision that I had made and I chose the terrible life decision instead. <laughs> <laughs> Between and move back to Maine. The devil and the deep blue sea. The devil was mm -hmm. definitely coming back to the Maine devil. the deep blue sea. I chose yeah, the devil. The you chose yeah, the devil. Yeah, I did not choose the deep blue sea, unfortunately. I feel like choosing the deep blue sea would have been better in that, in that, in that specific one. Okay, let's see. What about you? Oh my gosh. Uh, hmm? Choosing between two difficult choices? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, or, or are you just going to leave it at yes? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it at yes. Because mine's a oh, recent. okay. Mine's a recent. Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm still processing. So, yes. Okay, good. Unexplained, perfect, beautiful. Good to know. All right. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> All right. This, the, the next one I've got is to get someone's goat. Ah. <laughs> that was a terrible goat noise. Can you make a goat noise? <laughs> uh, uh, eh, eh. No, that's a, that's a sheep. A sheep. Um, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. That's a <laughs> no, because there's no there's no like reverberation. That's a sheep. With the goat, it's just it's just a yell. Oh, it's true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know what we're probably doing right now? We're probably getting somebody's goat by making goat, goat noises. <laughs> so, of course, the phrase used is to describe uh, annoying someone or being annoyed <laughs> or angered. So I'm sure somebody listening with their headphones and listening to us make those goat noises. We got their goat. <laughs> or the, that YouTube video. At the moment you say goat, I just... Ah! 
by the screen and go, oh, <laughs> the they human sound screams. like real people. Another, you know what another good example is, though? Um, so say if I kept asking you something over and over again, even though you had answered it every time you would ask the question, something silly, like, um, oh, I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Beach Bum? Oh, stop it. That, that might eventually get somebody's goat, even though you had answered every time I had asked you if you had seen the movie Beach Bum. Yes, we watched it together. But you still kept asking, or still kept asking the question. You know, didn't I, I might ask, have gotten your ask that night too. <laughs> the credits were literally rolling. We had watched it together. The credits were rolling. I didn't even have time to exit out of the movie and back up out of the movie yet before you turned from sitting on the floor, looked at me dead in the eyes, and then were like, "Dude, I have to ask you. Have you ever seen the movie Beach Bum?" Credits. We're rolling. Upset. I meant movie it too. That I'm, we had I just finished it. watching. Oh, you were all about that movie. <laughs> for a minute, for a Ooh. minute. I was also I also showed up drunk. You did. You did. You you I I we were I'll on a call. You asked me on the call if we if I had ever seen the movie. And then you messaged me twice. If I had ever seen the movie, then you finally managed to make it to my apartment. Asked me about four more times before then I was like, fuck it. We're putting Beach Bum on. We're just going to watch it. We're going to watch the fucking movie. So she knows unequivocally. Yes, I have seen the movie, even though I have told you every other time that you have asked that. Yes, I have seen the movie. (laughs) But for some reason in my mind, it made sense that if you watched me watch the movie, you would realize that, yes, I indeed had seen the movie. And yet, and yet, <laughs> the credits roll, and you, in all seriousness, turned to me and asked me if and I had seen the movie we had just watched together. I have never been so close to just screaming <laughs> without even words, just just endless well noise coming from me. <laughs> It's one of my favorite memories. Well, you know what you're obviously doing, but I'm not living it. Uh, Hmm. So you're obviously scraping the bottom of the barrel for your friends. I am. (laughs) 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 Which is a phrase used to describe something you know is not in good condition, but you have to select it since you don't have an option of choosing a better one. (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's be honest. You know, this is what you got. You got me. (laughs) Oh, I'm happy about it. And fun fact, that that phrasing... That phrasing in regards to the origin was derived from the historical practice in the early United States of storing food in barrels. So, of course, when food supplies ran low... That was really the very bottom of the barrel that were remained and had to be removed by scraping. So, you know, that's me. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. The bottom. I, this is how I like it. I wouldn't either. I like the dregs. <laughs> we've, we've done a lot of scraping from the bottom of the barrel in our lives. Yeah, that's how we keep it fun. My... Right? I would I would say an experience that I've had myself from scraping at the bottom of the barrel was when I was hanging out with somebody for a long period of time uh, that I was 
romantically interested in, but not of the mature mindset to, um, at that point in my life to, um, know what was truly good for me. I just continued to think that somebody was paying Mm -hmm. attention to me. So, you know, this must be good. And, you know, and, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they like me being around. This must be good. Some people just like you around. I was in a constant state of just, yeah, wanting to, to but yeah, so that's my scraping at the you. bottom of the barrel. There's yeah. so much more to that story, but yeah, that went on for three years, Lainey. That went on for three years. Can it you did. believe it? Oh, I'm aware. I yes, it yeah. seemed much longer yeah. because of just yeah, yeah. But you know what? We live, we learn. Chaos helps us grow. <laughs> or at least that's what I tell myself. It does. Late, late at night when I can't sleep. <laughs> would you say that you All sweep right. it under the rug oh it's that um i it might have been you was it you that sent it to me recently that um um adventure time quote where finn is just like and that one's going in the vault like yes and that one away in the vault yeah yeah the, the vault is very real in my mind it is i have constructed it out of some premium quality just material of mind material and uh things that that go there and that are hidden there and that stay there they stay there my vault is made out of paper mache and and sparkly Mm. pom-poms yeah i've gotten good at keeping keeping a lot of stuff just kind of locked locked up in a way and we don't deal with it it's the irish way yeah yeah you swept it under the rug Yes. Which, by the way, I'm going to come in with that okay. one. Because I'm, I'm, I know we were taking turns, but I'm finding so much in our conversations to lead into the other idioms. And so I do actually have sweep under the rug on my list, which is to I try and hide it. a problem or to keep a problem secret instead of dealing with it, which does come from, don't you? Now, where do you think swept under the rug comes from? Hmm. Think of it. Think of it as basic know, as a like cat, a, like a dead mouse or something, and oh. somebody had company coming over, and they swept the dead mouse under the rug. It could have been fucking anything else, and you chose a dead mouse. Why wouldn't they just well, pick yeah. up the dead mouse, Laney? Because they were sweeping it under the rug. Okay, well, first of all, somebody's gonna notice a, a mouse-shaped object under a under a carpet not unless you sweep a lot of lumps under the rug and then it's just one in a hundred lumps so the term sweep something under the rug and sweep something (laughs) under the carpet came into use in the early 1900s and is based entirely on the idea of a lazy maid or a lazy homemaker sweeping dirt under a rug or carpet rather than going to the trouble of getting the dustpan and dealing with the dirt it's a fucking mouse Yeah, I love how. Yes, yeah. have you ever done that though? Have you ever swept and like swept it under the under the couch? I used to do that growing. I'm up. pretty sure there have been times where I've been like at a um, at work when I used to work for a restaurant where I'd like look around if I had a pile and I realized I left the dustpan away and it wasn't a very big pile and I just go and like no no but there's no place to sweep it under to so you just dissipate it you yeah know, like if, just you go, hit, if you hit it with enough and momentum, like spread it, it back out back yeah exactly resettles yeah exactly so it's now you, you you spent all that time sweeping all of it into a pile you realize you don't have the pan to pick it up and it's too much work to go get the pan then bring it back then sweep up the pile so you just 
and then walk away. I'm going to call Buffalo Wild Wings and tell them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you should. I do. I uh, do not miss my time there. Do not. All right. Oh, goodness. No. So you another. Always... You... What? Oh, say? I was just saying that you've you've always been good at doing the the restaurant work. You've 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 done that type of work. That was actually that's one of the areas yes. in my life where I haven't dipped into. I, I was never cut out for restaurant work. Oh, I I did love serving. It was um there was one time at that job where like this southern man, there was a group of like people from the south and they were, you know, being rowdy and pushy and it was there was an, another older man who was he, like, swore a bunch when I was taking their order, and he was just making a lot of jokes and just being, you know, really pushy. And then I was, like, walked away, put their order in, taking care of other tables, and then that guy came up and found me, like, stopped me while I was in the middle of, like, walking around the restaurant doing my job. And he was just like, I just want to say, darling, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to, like, cause any offense by swearing. I just, you know, I just what I'm used to, blah, 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 blah. And then he, like, put his arms out offering a hug. And I was like, okay. And I hugged him and he just put his arms right around me and grabbed my butt and was just like, ah, and walked away and sent back, sat back down at the table. This man was like at minimum, at minimum in his forties. And I was 20, 21 at the time. And it was just, I went to my, yeah. And yeah, nothing was done about it. Nobody cared. I was given the, well, you work at a sports bar. Like, what do you expect? kind of attitude and just so many people the conversations that i would have with some of the regulars there or somebody dubbed diet pepsi michael and he just whoo he scared the hell out of me oh was a terrible person well it was mostly because he was just like I, he was a bus driver this man was a bus driver and would openly talk to like the other regulars sitting at the bar and he never drank or ate anything he just drank diet pepsi it's the only fucking thing he drank or ate and then would just like come out with these things being like you know i can't help what my dreams are like when these 12 year old girls are getting on my bus and the things that they're wearing i can't help where my mind goes to and it's just like and i'm just i just have to stand there and listen to this and there's nothing I can do. I just go into the back and, like, freak out in the liquor or, like, the beer cooler area. And there's, yeah, just have to, yeah. And then after I left that job, he found me at my other job that I had taken in a completely different part of town. And he brought me, like, this giant bag filled with my favorite, like, food and candy and drinks and things. Like, Dunkin' Donuts drinks and gift cards and stuff. And I I just... I specifically made sure not to tell this man where I was going. And he still found me. And I just... There's a part of the, the waitress, like, the server industry that is so dark and gross. And you have to get used to hearing so many things and so many things happening to and around you. It's ridiculous. You spend any significant amount of time in there and, like... It, it's incredible what you get used to. That's so disappointing. And what is... And why everybody that works in the service industry every night when they get out of work all as a group go to another bar and get fucking hammered together because they need to let off some goddamn steam because people are terrible. The general public is terrible. It's interesting that you say that. It's interesting that you say that your boss said to you that you're in the service industry, so get used to it. When the kind of sexual harassment that I've had to deal with was in like... um, 
you know, healthcare. So, you know, I've worked in mm, nursing homes yeah. where, where, you know, 60 to 70 year old men are in there, uh, physically touching like 18 year old CNAs, um, grabbing yep. them, groping them, you know, no, in in a lot of cases, um, and this is a personal experience. This is not a generalized statement. They know better. Um, but they're using the opportunity to be able to harass as a part of an ailment. It's actually funny because a lot of people make jokes about things like that. My mother, even, even casually, she's, she, I know she's kidding when she says it cause she says she's kidding, but has said things like, oh, I can't wait to go into a nursing home because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to touch up on all the men. I'm going to, I'm going to grope Ooh. as many as I can. And she's always made jokes about it because it's happened to yeah. her because she's a nurse. And so she, she's, she's had her, her breasts scrubbed, her ass grabbed. Um, oh yeah, she's had some pretty um, amazing things said to her. But then when you try to address it, they're like, "Well, you know, this is an elderly man, and you know, he's in a nursing yep. facility, and so they just kind of sweep it under the rug." So similar things happened happened to where I worked, but they were younger children. Mm, so see, that's what that's why older it's, people mm. or younger children, and they oh, both of them get passes. That guy was a bus they driver. Huh? Don't know what they're doing. Yes, and he was a bus driver but it was that that quote specifically of him being like i how am i supposed to control what i dream about when these 12 year old girls come on the bus wearing what they're wearing and it's just like i freaked out i was just like excuse me for a minute and i went to the back and i told as many people as i could that were you know like above me in the the hierarchy of the restaurant just being like can something happen and everybody was like yeah no there's nothing we can do like, we can't... I mean, they could have probably kicked him out, but they didn't. They didn't. Oh! Oh, God! That just reminded me of this one man that would show up. He would come in every day, and he would cause the most trouble as far as, like, sending food back every day. It was like, we had, like... We knew what to expect when he walked through the door, that he was going to send his food back, how he wanted his food. Like, it was, a, it was a whole thing. But then he had a defecation explosion in the bathroom one day and he was a very 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 large man and he cleaned up none of it defecation explosion it was a massacre in that bathroom well i've done that with i've done that with with a hangover i've done that throwing up post he no it was out the other end but i also cleaned Um, it up he did not and after that he was not told he was told not to come back so if you poop all over the bathroom then that's enough to get you kicked out if i love how about they looking knew at it little was children too. not Imagine enough that you think that you're being oh it was very obvious it was there oh it was very very obvious it whoo we've gotten very far off of topic but <laughs> I guess actually this idiom kind of brings us slightly onto topic of what we were just talking about. So uh, this idiom is short end of the stick. <laughs> Colloquial, colloquially, it does. It does because it I'm. Means... Oh, yes. So colloquially, uh, it means the same thing as short end of the staff, but the two have t- completely different origin stories. So if you're getting the short end of the stick, it means that you're getting a raw deal, you're being taken advantage of, you're being cheated or swindled. And some language experts say that this saying itself dates back to 
the 1500s, but evidence of what it could be referring to goes all the way back to ancient Rome, which is like 753 to 509 BC. So even though the term uh, being used colloquially is only about 1500, uh, back in the 1500s, it could be, you know, super ancient when the tool that is being referenced was actually used. And it's something called a gomp stick. Mm. G-O-M-P-F. Gomp. Gomp. Stick. Gomp. It was off. It was often a slightly curved stick with one end covered by some kind of soft material like wool or lace or sponge or something like that. And it was used for wiping one's own ass after defecation. So if someone handed you the shorter end of the stick, they were handing you uh, the, the end that was covered in poop. Oh my god. So getting the short end of the, Yeah, so getting the short end of the stick is somebody handing you poop. <laughs> it's a poop stick. You're getting a poop stick. If you're getting the short end of the stick. But short end of the staff is um refers to masters beating their like slaves or servants with the staff. So if you're both means that you're getting like beaten or taken advantage of, you know, but they just two wildly different origins. Mm-hmm. You're either getting the shit beaten out of you or you're gripping a poopy stick. It's funny that you say that, too, because I thought that I had a, a great idiom that went into it a little bit more, um, a little bit more creatively. But the cat among the pigeons. Ooh. So to say something or to do something that causes trouble and make a lot of people angry or worried. <laughs> so that man was definitely the cat among the pigeons in regards to um, customers. Uh, in colonial India, yes. um, the popular pastime was to put a wild cat in a pen with pigeons, and bets would be made on how the birds um. and the cat would bring down uh, one with a paw swipe. So it just kind of made me think of that as you were talking about everything about this man. Just, you know, it's like the, the one who's got to ruin it all. Oh, yes. The one who hands you the poop stick. One. All right, so this one, I the poop stick. <laughs> I've heard a bunch of times, but I just it always. I don't think I ever fully accepted what the idiom was supposed to be conveying because I always got hung up on the words, and it was Bob's your uncle, like oh Bob's your uncle. <laughs> so it's it's primarily used in the UK and is typically said at the end of a statement to imply that it's just that simple or there it is it's plain to see it's as obvious oh. and as true as Bob is your uncle and Fanny's your the whole saying is Bob's your uncle and Fanny's your aunt so it's just be like it's that obvious Bob's your uncle Fanny's your aunt obvious okay so it's like, okay. so to turn on the light in the kitchen, you flick the switch and Bob's your uncle, there's light in the kitchen. Boom. It's that easy. You flip the switch. So like with a lot of the idioms we've been talking about, it's really hard to tell exactly and for sure where they have come from when they were first officially used. But there are a lot of language experts and historians that share a common theory with this one, that it comes from uh, this saying right what i'm about to say comes straight from wikipedia it says the expression arose after conserv- a conservative prime minister robert gascoin gascoin cecil third marquis of salisbury which was also his name was people referred to him as bob appointed his nephew arthur balfour as chief secretary of ireland in 1887 an act of nepotism which was apparently both surprising and very unpopular 
whatever other qualifications Balfour might have had, Bob's your uncle was seen as the conclusive one. So didn't matter, you know, what, why he got the job. The most, you know, reasonable reason was because Bob was his uncle. So nepotism. And the main, but the main weakness for okay, this theory nepotism. is that the first documented usage of Bob's your uncle is in the title of a revenue at the Victoria Theater in Dundee. So in, in June 1924, and if Salisbury's notorious nepotism toward Balfour in the 1880s had been so widely spoken of to inspire a popular phrase, it is perhaps unlikely that it would have taken nearly 40 years for it to appear in print for the first time. Mm. So if it was that, it, it would have probably been spoken of before. But that is, you know, who knows for sure. Well, and that's, that's the thing. And so even when I was looking uh, up some of the origins for some of these idioms, uh, it's more of a le- it's more or less like where's the earliest recorded uh, proof that we can see yeah whatever was in print yeah whatever was in print at the at the earliest time and you know that's where the origin story comes from as I was even scouring Reddit for some bizarre or uh, off the cuff um, idioms a lot of people would see these and then you know underneath would be like well actually. Actually, it yeah. it comes from this, Actually. and which leads me into my next point, which is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> and so, you know, you can offer good things to people, but we can't force them to accept that. Um, yep. And so, the same idea is that you can tell somebody, "Oh, here's this cool idiom I found, and this is where I have found that it's come from." And then you have that actually person, and then from always, th- yeah. And then from there, you just have somebody go, "Well, I don't know about that." And then it's just back and forth. And regardless of where it comes from, on both sides, you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, and that phrase alone dates back to about roughly the 16th century. Uh, it appears in a book during that time by John Haywood called "A Dialogue um, Containing." The number and effect of all proverbs in the English tongue. A man may well bring a horse. A man may well bring a horse to water, but he may not make him drink without he will. <laughs> it's actually nice. pulled from a 1546 uh, uh, a book. So very very old English. A man may well bring a horse to water, but he cannot make him drink without he will. <laughs> there have been many a times where i feel like that's happened in my life where i've like explained a certain point of view to somebody as best as i possibly can or what i see to be the truth and then even though it's like that that spongebob um quote where it's just like is this your license is this your wallet yes so are you this person and patrick's like no i'm not but even though he just answered all the questions saying that he was I'm doing a terrible job explaining what I'm trying to say. I'm just... No, it actually makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) There have been plenty of times where it feels like you've explained, like, A plus B equals C. C plus D equals E. So, blah, blah, blah equals F. And people get all of the way to F and then fall off the... Fall off. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, so this next one I had to, I had to do this one because it's um, it's Nick's favorite uh, LCS team. So on Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine is his favorite team. So on Cloud Cloud Nine, the meaning is that you are elated, excited, euphoric, or at peace or blissful. 
So some attribute being the term being on cloud nine to meteorologists who rate the altitude of clouds with numbers. So the higher the number, like nine, the higher the cloud is and the closer it is to heaven and the more mm. light the cloud is. So Oh, uh, you know what? I can see that. That makes that makes perfect sense. It's literally it is it is as it's described. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I know. And that's that's what I was talking about earlier when I was saying it's funny how you wouldn't have. I, well, I guess not this one particularly because obviously it's, it's still a cloud. But it, once it's explained and once you find the origin, you're like, oh, my God, that makes so much more sense. Even though I probably wouldn't have come up with that, like trying to guess what where the origin was. Once it's explained, I'm like, oh, oh, my God, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, in, and in most situations. Um, you know, it is, it is relatively, it is relatively self-explanatory to hear a lot of these and to know exactly where they come from. But in, in some cases, you know, the light's on, but nobody's home and you're never going to get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But... Okay. Hold on so, one second. I need to um, use the bathroom. Sorry. So it's 5250. As I'm going to write this. Okay, in, good, because I have to talk to you about you. something anyways. Oh, no. What happened? I'm concerned. Um, the entire time we've been talking, um, you're, I can't tell. So I, after we finish this one that we're doing here, I want you to send me the file immediately before we start the next one. Because I'm convinced that we're off. Because I'm looking at your camera. Your camera cuts out for like five to ten seconds. The audio does continue, but then the audio cuts out and it comes back. And I'm not sure if I'm answering you when you're actually talking. Oh, interesting. It just, it just took about two seconds for me to hear, oh, that's interesting, after seeing it on your, on your mouth. Okay, so should I stop it right now? No, I think we should continue going and doing what we're going to do, finish it out, since we're already at an hour. Oh, I thought you just said you wanted me to send it to you. After we're done, before we start the next one. So that I can make sure sure. that that, that even though what I'm seeing happening is happening, that it's not affecting our recording. Okay.
Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's because of my internet and because of the rain and because of the thunder, but. But it shouldn't my, be. My, my, my. It, it shouldn't be that I can, different because. I really don't think it should be that different because of the way we're recording. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Out of off the cuff, like it, it nothing is different. Um, but I can honestly say that this experience is much different than anything that we've ever done on my end because your video yes. does not match up with your audio and then your video cuts out and then your audio will cut out and I though the conversation continues I don't know if I'm experiencing a lag in responding at inappropriate times okay well we will find out we will I find suppose. out I figure we should just continue is there a way that like you can put this together right like tonight that you could try and put it together tonight to see it does take me roughly about a half hour so we wouldn't be able to get to the second the second uh topic because okay. we're at 8 p.m yeah okay so we're at 52:50 is when we paused well it's not quite right at 52:50 exactly but it's right around that area yeah i can search and then that, pick though. up at 58 so what are you, are you almost at 58? 50, I'm, I'm at, at 57, 40. 30. 30? Yep. Where are you at right now? See, I think, so 57, 40. Okay, I'm at 57, like 58. There's something definitely going on, but I can, I might be able to fix yeah. that post edit because I can like shorten the beginning and level them out evenly enough but say for instance we are I, I will end up having to listen to this entire episode to make sure and so i cannot guarantee and with the like i said i'm back up to like 55 hours this week so i'm gonna try as hard as i can and i have plans all day tomorrow in regards to yard work and stuff so i can try and get to it tonight um it's it's been uh it's it, it definitely does take time though and i've been doing it at work um so I will try and do that and I'm going to try and schedule it before. Well, that's my concern is that even if I do it and I figure out that we can't, that it's not lining up and we have to redo it again, then we're going to have to redo it tomorrow regardless. So and then let's we'll finish just, out this episode if, and then I will work on yeah. it tonight. And so I'm really, and if we have to, I'm sorry. Oh, see, so you just cut out. No, it's not you. It's, it's, I don't understand why this is happening all of a sudden. Yeah. Between my computer and the internet problems and the mic problems and now the lag problems. Like it's, it, this is literally all I use this fucking computer for. And my internet is good. I, I shut it off my Wi-Fi. AJ has it off of his phone. The only thing that's using the Wi-Fi in the house is the PlayStation at this time, which hey! is not above any kind of bizarre, bizarrity. Bizarrity? Is that even a word? I don't know if that's even a word. But I think that it's fine because when I notice that your voice is cutting out, I don't say anything until I try and notice that it's catching up. Okay. Okay, well, let's try and uh, 
you remember where we left off mind wise do you remember where we left off like mine we left off at cloud nine okay so it's your turn oh i don't have a natural lead into that one um just be like and another one that so the next one that i have is Okay. All right, I'm ready to go whenever you are. I'm ready. And just write down the time. Yep. Well, so another one that I have here uh, actually really works well for my current situation and, you know, any of the tech supporting issues that I have going on right now is it's absolutely raining cats and dogs outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> raining very very hard as one might say um and funny enough the origin of this idiom has two stories that try to explain the origin the first explanation usually that most people go with is that the phrase comes from north norse mythology where cats would symbolize heavy rains and dogs were associated with the god of storms odin the second version of course says in the 16th century england uh houses had thatched roofs which were one of the few places where animals were able to get warm and sometimes even when it would start to rain heavily the roofs would get super slippery and the cats and dogs would fall off everywhere making it look like it was raining oh. cats and dogs oh no so yeah so yeah it's actually quite funny because um i've, I've seen an image a painting uh like like a 150 year old image of cats and dogs just sitting on top of roof um sitting on nice. top of the roofs and looking at like this beautiful starry sky and, I, and i've always wondered uh you know why the hell they were even up there or what the hell they were even up there for but apparently you know heat rises so it was a good place for them to spend time and to gather body heat once again nice yeah I don't think I ever knew that origin at all. I've I've definitely heard the Norse mythology one where, you know, uh, cats represent um, heavy rain and dogs associating with uh, Odin. I have definitely heard that. I knew crows were associated to Odin. I didn't realize dogs were. Um, nice. That's awesome. That's why. Have you ever seen? I'm telling you what the most popular name for a great Pyrenees is Odin. Hmm. Big, fluffy, white dogs, Odin. I know, like, five Odins that are great Pyrenees. Really? From, like, from, like, from my, from my, fa like, from Facebook and Instagram friends. All fucking Odin. All of them. Huh. All right, so the next one I have is Soup to Nuts, which is one idiom that I always wondered where the heck it came from and how it could possibly make any sense. Like, how do you, what I always assumed was you, it was you turning soup into nuts, from soup to nuts, you know, that you're going from soup yeah, and no turning idea. it have... somehow into nuts, which is not at all what it means, not even a little bit. <laughs> it's such a simple explanation. It I, I feel like a complete idiot. So going from soup to nuts means that you're going from beginning to end, like at a fancy dinner. So you start with soup as the first course <gasps> and then eventually end with nuts as the last course, as part of the last course. Like Would dessert. nuts be your palate so from cleanser? soup to nuts? Yeah, like or like with ice cream or something. Just a nice little salty end. Oh, you know, oh, oh, that's right. Because because people eat nuts as a dessert. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Not everything so is yeah, American. Going soup to not, nuts not is totally not what I expected. 
which is kind of cool. No. Learn you know new what? stuff. That takes, that takes the piss, honestly. That does. That takes the piss. <laughs> so one that I, I pulled up and I, I've, my, my mother actually says this one and um, I never really quite fully understood why she ever used this phrase, but she often says, well, that just takes the piss, which means to mock something or someone. And the origin is actually comes from a completely bizarre place in my mind, uh, but actually makes perfect sense knowing what I know about the chemistry of y- you'll understand. Uh, so back in the day when clothings were when clothing were dyed, when clothes were dyed with a natural dye, stale urine was used as a mordant, which stops the natural dye from leaching out into the cloth, actually. So the textile industry needed all the urine it could get so that workers could go around and collect specially designated chamber pots full of urine from people's houses. It was probably the least desirable job I can imagine at that time. So people who did it would often lie about their profession. And huh. the question that would arise would be, really, are you taking the piss? <laughs> nice. That's amazing. That's Which awesome. Is fantastic because as I was learning about the origin of this, knowing what I know about dying and what I know about natural dying makes perfect sense because of the, because of the, the, the heavy, the heavy chemical solution that we actually pee out is ideally absolutely perfect as a mordant, which is a highly acidic um, and highly chemical um, mixture that helps to adhere dye to fabric. Nowadays, when we're doing a natural dye, we use things like rusty iron, um, rusty nails, uh, screws, um, anything that kind of derives from a heavily oxidized metal and piss in its own way is, is quite oxidized. And so whenever I was dying with um, flowers or herbs or spices or any other bizarre na- uh, natural, uh, natural things, I would have to mix in a rusty bucket of screws that had been sitting in like the garage for years and it would help adhere that dye uh, to the fabric. And so it made perfect sense. Very interesting. Knowing that piss was actually a quite a, quite a, an integral part of dyeing fabrics. Nice. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever knew that, that you had to mix it with a bucket of rusty screws. You never, I never showed you that when I was doing it. I don't think so, which is interesting because I thought I saw like every part of the process. Some people would put the dye. So some, some people would put the organic matter in with the fiber, um, and also the screws at the same time. But what I would do is I would create a mordant with the screws and I use, I'd use citric acid as well. So a combination of citric mm. acid and rusty screws and nails, and I would let that soak for about a month and then I would drain it out. And then I would use that mordant to pre-soak the fiber. And then I would put inside the organic matter. And so, th- and it made things a little bit more vivid and color fast. Um, I remember do- I did that a lot nice. when I was with Storm. Yeah. That would make sense. That was, like, at the peak. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what you did at that time? You jumped on the bandwagon of fiber arts. I did, though. I did. You did. You jumped on the bandwagon. So, <laughs> I get this information from a 
poemanalysis.com actually it says that the word bandwagon originated in the 19th century in the united states as a name for a wagon that carried a circus band mm-hmm. and the, ter- the term can be seen in the life of pt barnum which was written by himself it was an autobiography of phineas t barnum the circus owner and founder of ringling bros um and the barnum and bailey circus the book was written in 1855 and one line reads at Vicksburg we sold all our land canvas uh we sold all our land expecting four horses and the bandwagon although barnum did not coin the t- word bo- bandwagon it u- its use is intimately tied to the circus so during the 19th century after <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to stop. I have to. I have to stop. Oh no! I just heard myself slurring so much that I. I I'm sorry. I, just need I to can't. Start over I can't the hear you slurring. Did you? Do you know? Do, oh, okay. I'm slurring so, so hard. Yeah. Do you know where the oh, timing? Oh god, this episode's gonna be so hard to edit. <laughs> oh no! I'm so sorry. It's Shit. okay. The longer it is, the harder it will be. Okay, so. Okay, nine. So it's going to be one ten. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I'm trying to be better at it. I just hope that the audio lines up. Alright, about eight seconds. So you know what you did there? You jumped on the bandwagon of fiber arts. I did. did. All right, so I got this information from poemanalysis.com. It says that the term jumping on the bandwagon and the word bandwagon originated in the 19th century in the United States and as a name for a wagon that carried, you guessed it, a circus band. So the term can be seen in the book The Life of P.T. Barnum, which was written by himself. It was an autobiography of Phineas T. Barnum and the circus owner and founder of the Ringling Bros and the Barnum and Bailey Circus. So the book was written in 1855 and the line reads, At Vicksburg we sold all our land expecting four horses and the bandwagon. Although Barnum did not coin the word bandwagon. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, bringing it all, getting getting the whole thing. So although Barnum did not coin mm-hmm. the word bandwagon, it uses its intimacy tied to the circus. It is very much when um, people started using it more colloquially, it got, it was almost always tied to circus mishaps. 
So during okay. the 19th century, after seeing the way that the circuses were able to attract a crowd as they moved through the streets, politicians began using bandwagons to campaign. The word evolved naturally into the phrase, jump on the bandwagon, meaning to join in with a politician's campaign and their, state's plan and their stated plans. There is a good example of the phrase used in Teddy Roosevelt's letter written in 1899 and published in 1951. One line from this work reads, quote, When I once became sure of one majority, they tumbled over each other to get aboard the bandwagon. Uh. So it, after it, I, I really find it ironic, or not ironic, but like just sweet poetry that it originated in the circus and eventually found its way perfectly into politics. There's to know, jump on people the bandwagon. jumping on the bandwagon. That's fantastic. Well, let, let's let's get the sauce box moving here. So, I'm gonna provide us with a multi-purpose bit of slang. So, according to the 1967 uh, Dictionary of American Slang, okay, pretzel bender mm-hmm. can mean a peculiar person, a player of the French horn, a wrestler, or a <gasps> heavy drinker. So, of course, if you add all those all meanings right. together, you get pretzel bender, which sounds like my future partner. To be honest with you. <laughs> So, what happens when a pretzel bender drinks too much? Well, there are some old slang terms for being drunk that are fantastic that I'm going to just kind of list off here one by one. Such as having your flag out, or being soapy-eyed, or full as a tick, (laughs) seeing snakes, or possibly canned up, zazzled, because who doesn't enjoy the occasional zazzling, or you can be owled, striped, squiffed, or swacked. Oh, you didn't name pissed. Pissed, yeah. Well, pissed is, yeah. Pissed that, is that's, one that's of my still, favorite. That's more or less, like, that's that's got to be more recent, like, in the past hundred years. Like, to piss, to, to that man's absolutely pissed. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's so drunk he pissed himself. I've known a couple of those. Mm-hmm. He's fucking pissed. Yeah. Well, there's also, there's, there, he's goddamn pissed. And there's also, of course, many interesting words for male and female anatomy. Uh, you know, such for guys, there's the Master John Goodfellow, the Gentleman Usher, the Staff of Life, the Cyperian Scepter, the Maypole, and for females, there's the Phoenix Nest, the Netherlands, and Mount Pleasant. Pleasant. Uh, Mrs. Oh Fubb's Parlor is, uh, one that I have Mount never heard Pleasant. of before. Um, oh, I have not either. Oh, Mount my. Oh my! I I Pleasant, you would think would be a male, one, you know, like a popular one. Mount? Mm-hmm. No, Mount Mount Pleasant, because you know the vagina is a bit of a mound, you know, Mount Pleasant. Yeah, but a penis is is a tall like a mountain. I don't know. I I it, I don't know. It's more of a monument. You're scaling Mount, you know. The, I don't know. I don't, don't, give them, don't give them Mount Pleasant. They already have Maypole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it reminds me of that um, Bloodhound Gang song. Um, the Foxtrot uniform Charlie Kilo, where the entire yeah. song is just different uendos, innuendos for well, the Foxtrot male and Keely, female genitalia. Like, yeah, those are, that's the, that's the um, what do they call that? That's the... Um, phonetic alphabet yeah that's what it yeah spells out fuck the phonetic alphabet is is the yeah foxtrot uniform charlie kilo spells out fuck it's like 
<laughs> it was the yeah oh squish mitten yeah, that's true that was always my least favorite of that song it was a va- vagina being called a squish mitten squish. Actually, i don't know why it bothers really me so that. much but it does i enjoy that you might want to be careful because it's possible <laughs> that the walls have ears laney <laughs> it's true it's true Pork steeple. Your partner's going to hear you talking about really... squish mittens, and he's going to be very, <laughs> very, very upset. Yeah, that that seems like him. That absolutely. <laughs> so I just want to point okay. out though that I found this one to be incredibly fascinating. The walls have ears, actually, because the meaning, of course, means to be careful what you say, as people may be eavesdropping, and the origin. It uh, actually comes from the Louvre Palace in France, and it was believed to have had a network of listening tubes so that people could hear everything that was being said in different rooms. People say that is how the Queen Catherine discovered political secrets and plots. Good for her. She deserved to. (laughs) Well, I mean, she put tubes in the walls, of course. Ooh, the next one I have is Bought the Farm. So this is mm. another way of saying that somebody has passed away and to buy the farm is considered to be a 1950s Air Force term, meaning that a airman has been killed in action or has crashed their plane and died. It refers to the idyllic dreams of an airman um, that airmen had about what they would do when they finally got out of the military to settle down and to eventually buy a farm and grow old. But yeah, so when they, oh. if they died in, in action, that they you know other people that served with they completed with their dreams and they bought like, the farm i guess he bought the farm yeah oh yeah <laughs> gosh well it's, yeah, it is a, not know, always it, very very that, happy that one i don't know why that one makes me sad well I, well, did not I ever always tell you about very happy, but some of them also have their place in a sense of superstition. Mm. Did you ever tell me about what? Uh, did I ever tell you about finding all of my grandfather's letters back to, um, I can't, I think he was writing to his parents. I was like 10 years old and I found these boxes of letters that were him writing back to his parents, telling them about how he wanted to move out to like the mountains and he met somebody that he had fallen in love with and that they he was going to have this completely different life and the entire time i was reading these letters i realized that none of what he said he wanted to do would happen it was the exact opposite basically of what had actually happened in his life and without him doing you know exactly everything that he had done i would not have been born but reading my grandfather's letters when he was in the military and world world war 1 and realizing wow this man wanted exactly the opposite of everything that he got in life. Made me really sad. I thought you just said that he was 10 years old. No, I was 10 years old when I was reading the letters that he had wrote, written gotcha. back to his family when he was in World War One. So I was 10 reading these letters and realizing that if he didn't do what he had done, I wouldn't be alive. But at the same time, I can't imagine... I don't even know if he was really happy with the life he ended up with because everything that he had written in these letters he seemed so excited about and wanted so desperately and everything in life ended up being the exact opposite of everything he had dreamed about and I was just very depressed and thankful but sad at the same time. (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, that's a good point. It's always nice to have our dreams but that's often what they are. 
Yeah. His farm, he never bought the farm. I mean, he had, he he's he's dead now, so I guess in the the term wise he bought the farm, but he never, you know, after the military, he never ended up buying the farm. Oh goodness. Was he a positive <laughs> man? Yeah. Yeah, he's a he was a judge and a lawyer. Oh. Oh, about positivity then. He was he was Do fun. you think that there were days when he woke up on the wrong side of the bed? He was an interesting fellow. Let's just say that. I um Yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of uh family stories about him that I don't know if I necessarily want to share with everybody. But he's just I am a bit envious of your family <laughs> stories because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> he was a force to be reckoned with that's for sure and way more open-minded than one would give him like one would initially assume out of somebody from his era well i don't know it is a part of your family you guys are the way you are for a reason that's very true it's very true <laughs> but All that right, actually was, leads what was me your into um well so was waking up on the wrong side of the bed ah uh, yes which, what do you think it means? What do you think the meaning is? To, it just, the, the meaning of it, um, starting the day off wrong. Starting it, the very first thing that you do in the day is wrong. I don't know. Right, yeah, starting off the day with a bad temper or a bad expectation. Um, but this is a fascinating origin. Um, I never would have thought of this and it makes perfect sense because I just want to point out that on the left side of my bed, I have far more room to get in and out of my bed. But yet, in my life, I have always, 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 always slept on the right side of the bed. And I never thought about it much. And when I read this, I literally remember looking over at my bed and going, oh, okay. So throughout history, huh. the left side of the bed, or the left side of basically anything, was considered to be the evil side. So waking up on the left side was also yep. considered a sign of bad luck. To ward off evil, house owners would push the left sides of the bed to the corner so their guests would have no other option but to get off on the right side. Which is just absolutely fascinating, because my room is just not set up, it, but it always has been. In the past, mm -hmm. the left side of the bed has always been pushed against a wall, and this is the first time I've lived in a place where it's kind of in the center of the room, but slightly more off to the right, and um, I still go into the thinnest little walking area to get in on the opposite side of the bed, which is the right side, which is where I get off, uh, than to avoid this whole section here that is the left side. I just find it absolutely fascinating. Ah. It is fascinating. And it also does I, kind of uh, mine has been like, all depends know, the, the devil, on the, the devil's hand is through yeah. the left hand. Yeah, my aunt was forced to write. She was a left hand. Well, yeah, and feng shui was forced has a lot to write. To everything. Terrible. Okay, so yeah, that was my next sign, one the sign, is the sign of the devil. The devil. <laughs> my next one is to steal someone's thunder. So to steal someone's thunder is to take the attention or their intellectual property away from them, typically coupled with really bad timing as well. So I got this from the idiom dictionary. It says, the idiom comes from an actual incident in which playwright and critic John Dennis devised a thunder machine for his play. And um, Appius in Virginia which was a play, I believe, um, had a few days later discovered, or no, I'm sorry, 
Appius and Virginia were people, and a few days later, they discovered that the same device was being used in a performance of Macbeth, whereupon he declared, quote, They steal my thunder! So, (laughs) it literally means from somebody having a thunder machine, and uh, whoever was directing that performance of Macbeth somehow stole their thunder machine and started using it in their play instead. Stole their intellectual property. They sure as hell did fake it till they made it. They did. They did. (laughs) All right, I've only got about two left. Okay. So I'll 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 pick the last two of mine as well. So. Rule of thumb is a good one. Ooh. The meaning would be a broadly accurate guide or principle based on experience or practice rather than theory. The origin itself is believed that the rule of thumb comes from the 17th century England, where Judge Sir Francis Buller ruled that husbands can beat their wives with a stick Mm -hmm. if it is no wider than his thumb. Yes. Yep. Yep. Progression. Gotta love it. It's, It's, you know, that's reasonable. It's only... Only the size of a thumb. It's not so bad. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> All right. So the next one I have is by the skin of his teeth. It is used to describe mm. narrowly escaping or succeeding at something. If you are trying to outrun attack dogs and manage to slide under the garage door right before one of the dogs is about to bite you, then you escaped by the skin of your teeth. And let's face Ooh. it. We've all been there. We've all done the Indiana Jones and just, you know, slid under a garage door, a falling door just in time. We've all, we, every single person on earth, we've done it. Right. <laughs> we have, though, by the skin so one, of our teeth. This one actually comes from the Bible, which I wasn't expecting. It has ancient origins in verse 20 of chapter 19 of the book of Job in the Bible, describing the illness that has made him so sick that he barely has anything left of his body. Job says, quote, my bone clings to my skin and my flesh, and I have escaped by the skin of my teeth. God damn it, Job. Job. (laughs) I've made a terrible mistake. I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So let me pick one here out of my, my, my mega list um, that I find interesting. Now I do like these last two here that I, that I, that I can pick out. Um, One I've been kind of trying to uh, implement myself in my own life, and that would be to feather one's own nest. Um, Meaning that if you are feathering your own nest, that you are working very hard to gather resources to live comfortably in your future. So it's something that I've been kind of flying by my coattails on here is focusing on my future, my endeavors, and making sure my, my nest is feathered. And the phrasing itself came into being in the mid 1500s. And it's based on the fact that birds tend to make their nests better, warm and safe for their hatchlings by feathering them. So some people would even suggest that some birds even pluck their own feathers just to add it to their nests. Ooh. 
All right. Are you ready for my last one? Mm-hmm. This one is on a fishing expedition. So I had to bring it back to true crime and crime in general. So somebody being on a fishing expedition is a phrase that is usually negatively associated with a legal investigation, meaning that someone is fishing for specific evidence to support their beliefs and biases instead of looking at all of the available evidence. So they're on a, it's a, it's kind of like a witch hunt. Mm, it's like okay. being on a witch hunt. But a fishing expedition is specifically supposed to be like you are looking for you have a concluded what the truth is in your own mind and detectives are only looking for evidence that backs up what they have considered to be the truth instead of looking at all of the evidence that is available. I've definitely used that phrasing before. Been on a fishing expedition looking for shit that's not there. (laughs) Well, my last one here. All right. My last one is um, Nightmare Dressed Like a Daydream. Ooh. So the meaning describes something that seems very pleasant or attractive at first, but eventually reveals itself as horrible. A door knocker was a type of beard, quote, uh, shaved uh, shaved or leaving hair under the chin, and upon each side, the mouth forming with a mustache, something like a door knocker. (laughs) <laughs> that is what I found <laughs> in regards to a nightmare dressing like a daydream. There's no absolute definitive origin for it, but it's it it seems to be um kind of a catfishing quote. That's hilarious. I love it. Is it? <laughs> Wow. Okay. We did it. We made it through all of our idioms. That was, we did. We was did. Good. It was a good journey. Yeah. So, um, um, If you're waiting right, for me to so say something, if- I, I'm I'm literally waiting for you just to respond because I, I can't tell with audio right now. I just can't. I know. We're doing our very best. The storm is making things kind of interesting for both of us to um, to make sure that we're on the same page here. So if things seem a little off, it's because internet and malfunctions are happening, but we are doing our best and we're making the best out of it. So bear with us. Um, we are lowly noobs working our best magic that we can here so (laughs) thanks for joining us on this journey i hope you learned something new about yeah the things that you say on a regular basis because i certainly did i know cat did yeah i use a lot of idioms to be honest with you and i did i didn't truly realize it i i speak a lot in in code and sometimes I try and think, I think I'm funny, uh, but I'm really just using somebody else's language. Yeah, exactly. We're all just recycling things that we've heard a hundred times over. And the, and the fact that we've lost a lot of the times um, understanding of where the things that we're even saying come from, it, it, it's, it's hilarious to me. I don't know. There's something about that, that removal 
of understanding. Yeah, those, that whole between the up. devil and the deep blue sea makes me think of between a rock and a hard place. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And I use between a rock and a hard place very often. I can't remember. My aunt, um, my mom's sister, she takes a lot of idioms, but she like mixes and matches them so that none of them make any sense whatsoever. So she'll mix like two idioms together. So nobody knows quite what she's trying to convey, but she knows, she knows what she's saying. And that's what's important. (laughs) She knows that's what's important. She knows. Exactly. So if anybody ever wants to get a hold of us, please, please, please reach out to contagiouscuriositypod at gmail.com. You can also find us at Kat and Laney on Instagram. That's K-A-T-A-N-D-L-A-N-E-Y. Kat and Laney. And yeah, come and follow our page. Message us. Um, if there's something you guys would like to learn more about, if there's something you'd like us to cover, please just send Send your ideas to us. We'd love to know. Absolutely. We would absolutely love to know. Uh, include any of them on our on our page. We have gotten some emails recently from some random folks uh, offering to uh, promote for us. Pretty sure they're just spam. At first, I thought they were just spam. And then the same person messaged us like three more times and was like, I'm really sorry. It's true. Did you see that email? They were like, I'm really sorry. Um, I just wanted to reach out one more time. And I know. I like, we okay, need, so to, not we a need to respond to them, actually. Yeah. 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 Because I was like, this is a bot. And then they were like, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, I just wanted to say hi again. And I'm like, oh, this is this is a human being. So yeah. they or the so <laughs> they want you to think. <laughs> next week, find I out. know that when uh, on our on our next uh, episode, we're looking at talking about um, fiber arts. Um, my Woo-hoo! my great passion, um, the hobby in my life that turned into a career that changed everything about myself um and Lainey and I are just going to kind of discuss how it has affected both of us and do a more Q&A in regards to her and myself and to also kind of give you guys an idea on um you know folks and inspiration uh and how I got to where I got artistically um so Mm -hmm. that will be another very chill and relaxed episode um should be a good time. Yeah, I'm really excited because there's a lot that you guys are going to learn about something you might have not heard about before, but there's also a lot that you're going to learn about Kat and her process and her art and the things that she does that makes her so incredible. And I'm really excited for you guys to find out more about her and the things that she can, all the beauty she can make with her hands. So I'm very excited. Oh, shucks. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful night. You hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you and cheers. Cheers. Cheers.